Good morning. Welcome to Dav Zion, page 7. The Gemara discuss, continues in the Agadita. The entire Dav today is all Agadita, non-halachic portions of the Talmud. And it begins by asking the question, My Matzli, we know that Hashem davens, but what does Hashem actually daven? And the Gemara answers that Hashem's prayer is that His compassion should overcome His anger, and He should not want to punish, He should want to do good for the Jewish people. Uh, continuing on this idea of God davening and maybe having a little bit of anger, the Gemara talks about anger, and says that God does have anger, but actually says that um, one should not try to appease someone in the moment of their anger. Let the anger pass. And we see this from Hashem, that after the sin of the golden calf, Hashem said to Moshe, let me first have my moment here of anger, and then only afterwards uh, try to appease me. T- continuing the topic of God's anger, we actually say that God's moment, God's anger is just one reg. It's just a moment which turns out to be a fraction of a fraction of a second. The only person who could figure out exactly when that moment was, was Bilaam. And had Bilaam been able to figure out that moment when he was trying to curse the Jewish people, he would have totally destroyed them. But God and God's compassion for the Jewish people did not even have anger for that fraction of a second on those days because it would have actually uh, made it that, 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 that uh, the people would have been destroyed. The Gemara continues and talks about, again, all these, this entire Gemara is statements from Rabbi Yochanan in the name of Rabbi Yossi. So Gemara quotes another statement in him that says, that tshuva, that's internal, it's in our heart, is more important, is better than a hundred lashes or as many lashes as possible. The Gemara continues and talks about, again, these are all statements, one after the other, that Moshe had three requests of Hashem, and Hashem answered them. The requests were, number one, that the Shekhinah, the Divine Presence, should rest on the Jewish people. Number two, that the Divine Presence should not rest on the non-Jews. And also that Hashem should answer the famous question of the Odyssey, how is it possible that righteous people suffer in this world? Uh, and the answer basically is a few possible answers, but the final answer that the Gemara gives, that Hashem's answer is that if someone is completely righteous, uh, then they will not suffer, but if they're only partially righteous, then they might actually suffer. Another answer, by the way, was that people who are tzaddik ben tzaddik, if you're righteous and the child of someone who's righteous, you won't suffer, but if you're righteous but your parents were not righteous, then you might suffer, although the Gemara had problems with that and ultimately concludes with that idea, but yet another answer in the Gemara is that actually Hashem refused to answer that question, and Hashem never told Moshe why he, um, why some people get punished, why good people get punished, and that's kind of, I think, the approach that most of us take. We really cannot explain and understand the reasons why Hashem does things. The Gemara continues and says that Hashem fulfills all promises, even if the promises were conditional and the condition did not come true, Hashem still fulfills the promise. That is Amun Aleph. Now we turn to the Amun Beis, and the Gemara on the Amun Beis begins by talking about the virtue or the wonders of referring to Hashem as Adon. We call it Adonai when we say Baruch Atah Hashem. That name is considered very significant. It was given to us by Moshe. The Gemara continues and talks about the first person in the world who offered thanks to Hashem. Who is that person? Leah, in naming Yehuda Hapam Odes Hashem. This time I will thank Hashem. And Leah is given a lot of great credit for that and lots of discussions about her own uh, children. The Gemara continues and says that the worst thing, Tarbus Rabatoch Beso, is having some sort of a rebellion or anger, animosity within the family. To have a child who goes off, who leaves the family, who's, who's, uh, who's away from the family, that's even worse than the wars of Gog and Magog. And we prove this from David, who had a son, Avshalom, who, who fought with him. Then the Gemara has a whole discussion about whether or not it is a smart idea to contend, to fight with those people who do evil. Should we try to start up with them? Should we try to stop them? Or should we just mind our own business and let them do what they do? And the Gemara has actually a rather lengthy discussion and has different proofs 
both ways, whether we should contend with them, we should try to stop them or not. Some of the distinctions have to do with whether or not we're dealing with our own personal private matters, then maybe we should just be quiet and let it go. But if we're dealing with mili de shamaya, with, with, with the, if there's a chil Hashem, if there's some desecration of God's name, then maybe we have to speak out. There's also this, this distinctions about if the Russia, if the evil person is really powerful and strong, maybe not start up, but if you think you have a way, you should do it. And the third idea was, if you are a tzad de gummer, if you're completely righteous, then you have the right to contend with them, but if you have problems yourselves, it's going to come out to haunt you, so don't, don't start up. Uh, finally, in the bottom of the page, the Gemara has a whole uh, interesting discussion about how it's Yoser Shimush uh, serving or, or, or close, up close observing the ways of Torah scholars might even be greater than learning from them. We learned this from uh, the way that Elisha uh, dealt with Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet, and we actually have a concept, you know, when we, sometimes someone gets smicha someplace, they say, oh, I learned with it in this yeshiva, but I did shimush with that rabbi or that posik. It's the idea of really working with someone up close. Sometimes you learn a lot more from just seeing the way that someone acts and, and, and observe their acts in this world than actually um, learning from them. And then finally, at the bottom of the page, we talk about the idea of Esratzon, the time of prayer. When your prayer is accepted, of course, they talk about having a minion. It's best to go to Shul. There was a rabbi who was sick. He couldn't go to Shul. Oh, at least gather a minion in the person's house. When all that didn't work, they said, you know what, at least you should do is you should find out the moment when the Shul is davening. Because even if you're not there, if you find out the moment when the Shul is davening, that's called an ace ratzon, a time of will, a time of acceptance of prayers, and you should try to dive in in that day. Thank you. Uh, have a wonderful day. We look forward to seeing you for DAF 8.